0: Chapter 5 of Catherine Deborah or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kathleen. Catherine Deborah or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther by John G. Morris. Chapter 5 Income, Expenses hospitality charity diet afflictions despondency journeys death luther's income was disproportionate to his expenses he has often said that he gave more out than he took in his pay at this time amounted to but two hundred guilders and his own family expenses to five hundred besides he aided his poor relatives And was obliged to perform many expensive journeys on business relating to the reformation. His eminent position in society often subjected him to invitations to assume the relation of godfather, and this always levied contributions on his purse. He was also obliged to make numerous marriage presents, and almost daily to entertain strangers, which compelled him to keep a corresponding number of servants his expenses were so great that sometimes he was embarrassed with considerable debts he says i am unfit for housekeeping i am made quite poor by the necessary support of my destitute relations and the daily demands of strangers in writing to another friend he says you know that i am quite oppressed by my large domestic establishment for through my thoughtlessness i have during this year made debts to the amount of more than one hundred guilders i have pledged three silver cups at one place for fifty guilders but the lord who chastises my folly will deliver me hence it is that Cranich and awry faber will no longer take me as security for they observe that i have an empty purse i have given them my fourth cup for twelve guilders which they have loaned to Herman but why is it that my purse is so completely exhausted no not quite exhausted but why am i so deeply immersed in debt i believe that no one will charge me with parsimony avarice and so forth he sometimes had the honour of entertaining persons of exalted rank elizabeth the sister of christian the second king of denmark who had fled from her husband on account of his cruel treatment of her because she had abandoned popery, and the duchess ursula of Munsterberg, an escaped nun had often been his guests for upwards of three months at a time and it is no small matter for a poor man to entertain a princess many monks and nuns who had escaped from convents had often imposed themselves on his hospitality and sometimes shamefully deceived him in fifteen thirty seven he took into his house his relative and countryman agricola with his wife and family and kept them for a long time until luther procured a professorship for him luther's five children were now growing up and their education was by no means neglected and even the fields which his wife owned near wittenberg and soldorf demanded no little outlay to all this was superadded that peculiar disposition which has however characterized many great minds which is a perfect contempt of all earthly possessions the grounds of this he sought and found in the bible when with scorn he rejected all offers of gold and dignities on condition of renouncing his faith which his enemies made he did write but it must be confessed that as a father of a family he was too careless about their wants thus when some one reminded him that he might at least lay up a little property for his family he replied that i shall not do for otherwise they will not trust to god or their own exertions but to their money thus he presented all his manuscripts to the printers who were at that time also booksellers and when they offered him 400 guilders annually for the privilege of printing and selling his books he rejected the offer and said i will not sell the grace of god i have enough only occasionally he asked for a copy of his books as a present to a friend he charged no fee for his lectures it was my intention said he after i was married to lecture for pay but as god anticipated me i have all my life sold no copy of my books nor read lectures for money and if it please god i will carry this honour to the grave with me when the elector john the constant in fifteen twenty nine designed to honour him with a share in a productive silver mine at schneeberg as a compliment for his translation of the bible he replied it much better becomes me to pay the amount of my share with a paternoster that the ores may continue productive and the product may be well applied this he confirmed soon after september eighth fifteen thirty with these words i have never taken a penny for my translation and never asked it and at another place he says if i did not feel such a painful concern for his sake who died for me the whole world could not give me money enough to write a book or translate any portion of the bible i am not willing to be rewarded by the world for my labor the world is too poor for that Melanchthon promised him one thousand guilders compensation if he would finish the translation of aesop begun in fifteen thirty and dedicated to some great personage but luther desired to labor exclusively for the diffusion of the gospel and write theological works for which he would receive no pay another friend made him a present of two hundred guilders which he generously divided among poor students when in fifteen twenty nine Bugenhagen brought him a gift of one hundred guilders from a rich gentleman he gave Melanchthon the half of it as early as fifteen twenty he received a bequest of one hundred fifty guilders from dr heinrich beck of nauberg and in fifteen twenty one a person named marcus Schart presented him with fifty guilders which he divided with his prior riesger when the elector john the steadfast in fifteen forty two ordered a tax to be levied to raise money to carry on the war against the turks and exempted luther's property the latter would not consent to it but for the sake of the example had property to the amount of six hundred ten guilders assessed many other similar instances of his remarkable disinterestedness which however were not always worthy of imitation might be mentioned he was liberal and benevolent as even few rich men are and hence it is that his children received no large inheritance from him thus on one occasion a very poor man applied to him for help he had no money at hand and his wife was sick but he took the donation which had been made to his infant at its recent baptism and gave it to the applicant the sick wife who soon missed the money out of the savings-box expressed her displeasure but luther meekly replied god is rich he will provide in some other way at another time a young man who had finished his studies and was about to leave wittenberg made a similar request luther was again destitute of funds with sincere sympathy he deplored his inability to aid the youth but when he observed his deep distress his eye fell on a silver cup which had been presented to him by the elector he looked inquiringly at his wife her countenance seemed to reply no but he hastily snatched the cup and gave it to the student the latter was much astonished and was unwilling to take it catherine also by winks and looks intimated to her husband not to press the acceptance of it on the stranger but luther with a great effort pressed the sides of the cup together and gave it to the young man saying i have no use for a silver cup here take it carry it to a goldsmith and keep all you can get for it luther was indebted to the punctuality thrift and economy of his wife for the small property in land furniture and books which he left at his death she has been charged with parsimony as well as with a multitude of other sins by luther's enemies but there is no evidence to sustain the accusation if she was economical when her husband had no guests in his house which was not often the case it rather redounded to her credit and arose from necessity this course was pursued with his sanction he was always temperate in his diet sometimes even when he was in good health he partook of no substantial food for four days together at other times a little bread and a herring sufficed for a day or that he might study the more intensely bread and salt constituted his meal of course at other times he lived more generously but always within the bounds of moderation catherine not only sympathized most sincerely with her husband in all his joys and sorrows but she herself suffered severe afflictions some of which were calculated to fill a mother's heart with inexpressible anguish some of these have been already alluded to in August fifteen thirty eight, they were both attacked with fever, and in July fifteen thirty nine, they providentially escaped a violent death. Luther had had a new cellar constructed, which he went to inspect in company with his wife. They had scarcely left the cellar when the ground caved in with a terrible crash. In loud thanksgivings to God, they expressed their sense of this miraculous deliverance. In January fifteen forty, catherine was brought nigh to death at the birth of a child to luther's great joy she gradually recovered the death of their second daughter magdalena in fifteen forty two at the age of fourteen the first elizabeth had died in fifteen twenty eight bowed her heart deeply and overwhelmed her with sorrow scarcely had the pious sufferer endured these severe visitations with the resignation becoming a true christian when she was called on to deplore the death of her most intimate and valuable friend the wife of dr jonas this unexpected event was so much the more painful to luther inasmuch as when in secret he reflected on his own departure out of this world he always reckoned on the wife of dr jonas as the comforter of his widow and children in fifteen forty five the three sons of luther and his yet surviving daughter Margareta were all at the same time attacked with the measles and the latter also suffered in addition from a severe and dangerous fever about this time luther very unexpectedly to his friends determined to leave wittenberg his strength was exhausted by disease and by his numerous literary labours he was disappointed and chagrined also on various accounts and longed for repose as soon as this became known Bugenhagen and others were sent to him on the part of the university and the town, whose tears and entreaties prevailed on him to remain for the present. But in July, 1545, he was bent on carrying out his determination and travelled in company with his eldest son John by way of Lubnitz and Leipzig to Merseburg, where he visited Prince George of Anhalt, whom on this occasion he solemnly consecrated to the office of coadjutor of the chapter of the cathedral during his stay in leipzig he wrote july twenty-eight to his wife i should like to arrange it so that it would not be necessary for me to return to wittenberg my feelings are so alienated that i do not care any longer about being there i also wish that you would sell our house and other property i wish you would return the large house to my gracious master and it would be better for you to settle at salzdorf whilst i yet live for after my death you will hardly find a support in wittenberg hence you had better do it during my lifetime catherine was extremely surprised at this determination but as her husband had enjoined it upon her to inform Buchenhagen and Melanchthon of his purpose and to request the former to take leave of the congregation in his name she at least complied with this wish but not so the university as soon as the members had learned the purport of his letter they sent not only a copy of it to the elector and a letter to his grace beseeching him to influence luther to return but they and the town council also sent bugenhagen and melancthon and some other deputies as a committee to see him the elector himself wrote to him promising to render his condition at Wittenberg more comfortable, and summoned him to appear at his palace at Torgau for further conversation on the subject. Luther instantly obeyed the summons and appeared at Torgau. The elector persuaded him to return to Wittenberg. Sick and depressed in heart, he arrived there on the eighteenth of August, where he was received with open arms by all his friends. But this gratification was of short duration for them and Catherine, in january fifteen forty six completely debilitated by the effects of protracted sickness he entered upon a journey of another character from which alas he never returned his youngest sister dorothea was married to paul mackinrot who was in the service of the elector the family of mackinrot possessed productive silver mines in the duchy of mansfeld which excited the envy of the dukes of mansfeld and led them to the determination of securing to themselves the entire products of the mines for before they had received only the tenth and some other perquisites as soon as luther heard of this unjust proceeding he undertook to maintain the rights of his brother-in-law and in fifteen forty wrote to duke albert on the subject but his intercession was fruitless in fifteen forty two he renewed his attempts but without any favorable result in fifteen forty five he travelled to eisleben and to mansfeld on the same mission but all to no effect soon after luther was urgently entreated by the dukes themselves of whom albert was a protestant and the other two philip and john george were still catholics to appear personally at eisleben in order to settle this difficulty as well as some others existing among them although his health was in a wretched condition he promised to go after he had preached in wittenberg the last time on january seventeenth fifteen forty six he took leave of his friends and on the twenty-third he departed accompanied by his three sons john nineteen years of age martin fourteen and paul thirteen he passed through halley where he visited his friend dr jonas at that time pastor in that city jonas accompanied him to eisleben but as he approached that city he was so exhausted that he fainted and they were apprehensive of his death but he was conveyed to a house where they rubbed him with warm cloths and he was soon restored he arrived safe at eisleben on the twenty eighth but a violent attack was soon renewed catherine who on the departure of her husband could easily have anticipated these attacks on having been informed of them by the eldest son john who had been sent back forwarded some remedies from her own domestic medicine chest the good effects of which he had often experienced on the first and sixth of february he communicated to her the state of his own health and of the affairs at mansfeld and entreated her to lay aside any undue anxiety about himself but he soon expressed an intense desire to return home he wrote to that effect on the tenth and again in a jocose style besought her not to be uneasy on his account but he was never to see her again as he anticipated he was destined to die in the place of his birth although he suffered keenly from pulmonary affection he not only preached four times but performed much other important business but his end had come and he died on february eighteenth fifteen forty six in the sixty-third year of his age doctor jonas and the court preacher at mansfeld michel cochlus who with others were present at his death immediately communicated the melancholy event to the elector and requested his grace to issue orders respecting the funeral as well as to have a letter of consolation written to his bereaved widow the intelligence was conveyed so rapidly to torgau that the elector on the same evening of the day on which luther died answered the letter and gave immediate orders in relation to his funeral chapter five